0: Hi, my name is Jamie Lynch, and you are listening to Eating Habits, my podcast about everything restaurants. I will explore the human element of the hospitality business, and I'll talk to the who's who in restaurants, explore their stories, and hear what's on their minds in the ever-changing landscape of the food and beverage industry.
1: I'm Mike Harvey, executive chef partner, and you're listening to Eating Habits.
0: Awesome. Chef Mike, what's up? What's Can up? I call
1: you Chef Mike? Yes. Oh, I forgot to is, say Jalisco in that. That's All right. My executive Chef partner of Jalisco.
0: You just got it. Yeah. You just nailed it. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Stood out more. Was <laughs> this, your first day? Yeah, it's well, second day. <laughs> you know. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to talk to you. You are a fellow Neki grad. That's correct. So I'm an alum of New England Culinary Institute. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Because um, I think that was probably the jumping off point for how you ended up here yeah absolutely culinary journey my
1: culinary journey for sure I mean you know I had a lot of foundation did a lot of cooking before Necky um obviously I pursued a finance degree you know different avenues but once I got to Necky that really brought it out you know that was an amazing school real hands-on rigorous course
0: why did you pick Necky like what what led you there so you you were in um Virginia or West Virginia Virginia Virginia
1: Blacksburg okay yeah and uh I mean, I looked at other culinary schools. One thing that played into a factor, my brother went to New England Culinary okay. before me, and I heard his experience. And then I I looked into like, you know, Johnny Wales, CIA, uh, all of them. And um, most of them weren't as rigorous. It wasn't realistic. It was more five days a week, watching a lot of stuff happen, right. you know, classroom where Neki was majority hands on, like classroom was very little. I felt like the student teacher ratio was Insanely good. Yeah. What and was
0: that? What was the ratio? Where you were when you I was in the there, Montpelier campus? Yeah,
1: Montpelier. At the most, it was six to one. Um, okay, sometimes yeah. there would be five or six of us, and we'd have two or three chefs in there. Yeah. And like it was just the amount of attention to detail and like what we were actually learning hands-on, as opposed to watching someone else do it. You know, yeah. you had the same experience, I'm sure. It's like, yeah, it was just it was phenomenal, and especially if you put your your effort and energy into it, what you would get out of it, I yeah. felt like was the sky was the limit there.
0: Did you have a bunch of French guys in the Montpelier campus? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because we
1: had like, I seem like most. You had more French guys than we did. But like, yeah, like especially yeah. like Andre okay. um, was a big one. He was at the chef's table for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We had a bunch of French guys. Yeah. Obviously, so, Michelle.
0: Yeah. Chef Michelle. So we we mentioned, we talked about this briefly before we started chatting because um, we made the Nucky connection. And um, so Chef Michelle, Michelle LeBourne. um, he actually became a very good friend of mine after yeah. i graduated so he i don't know what happened but like somewhere in my first years, like my first kind of i've been kind of like a hardcore like fucking yeah. you know i'm focused i'm like no bullshit when yeah. it comes to like what i'm passionate about and i think that michelle kind of identified that like yeah. early on like he's like oh this dude like with the right tweaking can yeah. be a monster yeah you know and so he, he kind of like really helped me out throughout my career. And he's the reason I ended up um, at Le Cirque. Actually, yeah. he placed me there with, wow. uh, with those guys yeah. and with Danielle and all that. So, um, so I'm always, I'll be forever indebted to the, the French guys at
1: Yeah, I mean, the, it, it, was a, it was a phenomenal experience, top to the bottom. I mean, yeah. I got to learn from the guy that made the Queen's like 50th birthday cake. Like he was, right. you know, like uh, just amazing people. I yeah. that made the, a big difference. The chefs all had great personalities that shined. Yeah. You
0: know, I enjoyed that. I, I felt like um, I had a, a, and I still feel this way that I have a really solid, like my my knowledge of of food, and my because of that experience is so well rounded, and I understand a lot more technique. No, absolutely, history, yeah, and like, I love like, I love passing that on. Like that's a, a yeah. lot of the guys that work for me they get
1: into it like I don't go to people to teach but if they come to me I'm more than happy to share everything I know like yeah. and I'm constantly trying you know even with here like learning is still in me you know especially with this cuisine but like yeah I mean when cooks if they're interested we start talking about like the Maillard effect yeah and you know like what why would? okay yeah, yeah, okay like, okay
0: what <laughs> now you got to share what is the Maillard effect Like the like natural the sugars ch-? yeah. coming
1: to the surface of like a protein or a vegetable create yeah. a caramelized crust, right? like just just The food. flavor so, of the, deliciousness Yeah, the comes flavor. from yeah, myard yes, reaction. Yes, exactly, yeah. like umami, yeah. like um, savory, you know. So, I mean, we talk about taste and flavor. We even talk, even though we're not a French kitchens, sometimes I have uh, classic mother sauce discussions and we mm-hmm. relate that to moles and salsas. And, yeah. you know, like that, that classic French foundational cooking definitely, even in this cuisine that I learned at Neki helps me be
0: successful in this cuisine, yeah. absolutely. So how, what kind of similarities is, so with Mexican cuisine, the similarities, are, are all the techniques the same? Not or are all. there some variations? <laughs> the very yeah, variations? There's a lot of variations. And, and there, the thing that, that I love of... about
1: this is like, more than,
0: because majority of my career has been
1: French, right? Cooking. Yeah. Um, the What I love about this is it kind of throws all that away, in a sense. Um, we do have one, there's only one technique on the menu and that's my shrimp entree that actually involves like a pan sauce, like some sort of French whisper on the menu. (laughs) But like for the most part, we do technique that I've never really done much of going into this. And that is really more rustic. Like we try to stay true to the foundations of what this cuisine involves, like cooking and ingredients and you know, trying to pay homage to like Jalisco, Oaxaca, Mexico City, um, Puebla. Chihuahua, you know, even like Sonora, um, different regions that have amazing different sauces and seasonings and ways of cooking things. Mm -hmm. And this place is kind of a a cauldron of all those different areas coming into one place. Um, It's not Tex-Mex, it's not California Mexican. It's this thing is more like true like old tried techniques and mm-hmm. tried like recipes. Like when we make our barbacoa, we don't bury it in the ground, obviously. We do it in a massive kettle, but we do it with the same spices. We do it with banana leaves and we we braise it for a really long time. I mean, you, I, I'd like to think you can't tell really any difference, especially with the techniques that we use here, the different moles, uh, you know, it's like you look at French cooking and you can come down to five mother sauces. Mm-hmm. Like you can maybe equivalent to the seven moles of Oaxaca, you know? Yeah. And right there, Mexican cuisine has a more diversified, an amazing more array of flavor to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so all over the map. It's amazing. So
0: so what Where where did your passion for food and, and or cooking come from? And then how did that lead to Mexican cuisine?
1: Uh, well, the, the, I mean, I've always liked to cook. We try to make stuff, me and my brother, even when we were growing up, um, we ate in a bunch of military mess halls. You know, the old man, he's retired military. And my mom, she worked a lot. She was a she was the, a nurse in an ER for forever. Mm-hmm. And like so like our meals would be good, but we always wanted a little more, I think. Uh, try different foods. It just kind of grew from that. And then when I was out at Cacique, we would dabble in a lot of different cuisines, but still following Colicchio's vision yep. of how that was. But especially even during family meals, because we would do 100 to 120 people for family meal at uh, lunch and then like 80 at dinner, you know, is yeah. a lot. And yeah. And but it was great. We explored different cuisines that way, too. And this one always spoke to me the most. Like I was always just enthralled with figuring this out. And then the more we once we opened here, just the world just keeps growing is now like we're at this phase where we're exploring the 49 land races of corn out of Mexico, mm-hmm. which can all the corn in the world can go back to these 49 land races of corn. And we bring in these heirloom corns like Hoko Yule and Olatillo and different bolitas. And and we're nixtamalizing them ourselves. We're making different doughs, you know, crazy tamales, like exploring the essence of this cuisine, which is masa, like, mm-hmm. you know, and like in like corn. And yep. um, so, like, it's just and then the, the sauces keep going. You know, we generally have four to five moles between specials and on the menu at any given time. The mole negro is so intense and it's like a celebration you know it's usually just christmas and a birthday but you get to have it every day here if you yeah, want and yeah, like yeah. it's big flavor and I, I i want people to realize like how much work goes into this and what they're tasting in the history because like when we hold these corns in our hand they have thousands of generations of of what they call every time it's planted one generation these are unadulterated corn like yeah. no gmo same plot of land yep. you know it, it grows out into the world and changes but
0: yep yeah absolutely amazing Cool. Where do you get so? Where do you get that those land raised corns from? Like who who supplies those to uh, you? Here, mostly
1: right now we use Masienda. Okay. Um, Masienda's huge. Um, the like Rick Bayless uses uh, Masienda for uh, all his corns at all his restaurants. Um, the guy just wrote a book called Masa. It, I mean, we are knee deep in that book, man. Like yeah. he has so much experience and so much technique, and and we just we just consume everything. Me, mm-hmm. my sous chef Jay Heck. And some of the guys, like the line cooks, like they get really into it. And I mean, I've got a guy that works for me that taught culinary school in Mexico City for eight years. And he's in it, like he came here because he thinks we have the best Mexican food in Charleston. Cool. And like, he's working here because of the vibe we put, especially in the kitchen, you know? And um, yeah, it's just, that whole thing, it's just, it's, it's, it's finding the right guys, right? Like yep. people that are into it. And like, if you can find a good core group of guys, like I have, like, it's amazing what that does for your cuisine.
0: If you find the right, if you find the right people that are passionate about food or cooking, you can do any cuisine. Yeah. Like you can figure out, you know, you can go down a rabbit hole and just spend years, you know, back engineering. It's these, what these... you are fucking doing here. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. like it's, it's uh,
1: cool. I mean, that's kind of what's going on, you yeah. know, like, We had a good idea going into it, but man, it really turned into something even better than I thought it would. Yeah, great. In what
0: way? So it's better just because everybody's so passionate about it. Because oh, every way. I mean, it
1: starts with you know, the Kishes, Jonathan, Patrick, Steve. Like from their support and them having them as partners, were has been absolutely crucial. Um, You couldn't ask for better partners. My sous chef has been, and and I just had another sous chef leave. You know, six months ago, he's up working at a restaurant up in. uh, Rockefeller Center oh Um, cool and um like they really helped grow this idea Mm -hmm. in this this brand this cuisine yeah and like it's the passion of them myself and like some you know like Mario and and some of the other line cooks that really just it's amazing that how that we all came together to just keep the passion going yeah constantly pushing
0: each other so let's talk about I I need to know why Mexican like you're clearly passionate about food and I love that we're going to talk more about that but like, what? What about Mexican? Like everybody loves tacos. Yeah. It wasn't just because you love to eat tacos, right? Yeah. Like no, no. So like, so like, what is it? The flavors? Is it the history? Is it? Because you're clearly passionate about yeah. that too.
1: Uh, yes, uh, it is all of that. Um, one, the history to me is absolutely amazing. Like from like we as we explored El Pastor, like we do Al Pastor on a trompo. Mm-hmm it's on a spit, like, like it should mm-hmm. be, you know? Cuisines have spit-fired food, Indians have shawarma, the Greeks have gyros, yep. we have it's al all, pastor. It's all the same. Yeah, and like that to- Co- Cooking around fire. You have to find a way fire. to cook around fire. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's great. I mean, I would say the diversity of the flavor and the unfamiliarity, because I grew up eating a lot of different cuisines, mm-hmm. and French and American and whatever you want to call it's real familiar. Yep. Um, Mexican was not as familiar. And and the more I explore it, the more I just get absolutely enthralled with it. And, and, the, and then just reading the history, like how much history is in this food? Yeah. Like we don't, I think as a, an American society, we don't usually appreciate the history of food like right. some cultures do. Yep. And in Mexico, like just chocolate alone, like in, I think about like the Spanish coming over and here's these these kings that are drinking chocolate they've never even seen chocolate and these guys have it with cinnamon they're just drinking this chocolate like what a profound like experience you know and and then just the you know the moles and how they cooked food and then like we talked about with the corn and it's just you know the and what these people created as a as a culture like flavors like the moles and the salsas with Mm -hmm. almost no equipment right Yeah, like, yeah. like stones mm-hmm. and like that's what i love about this is we try to recreate that yeah we've mm-hmm. got a little more sophisticated equipment but i'm not using like we're not suviing stuff yeah you know what i mean yeah. we're not we're not taking it to like another gastro level like right. the, we're, we're trying to cook in that fundamental like the roots of this cuisine gotcha and uh yeah that's why mexican yeah, cool. <laughs> like, yeah Man, that's you know.
0: awesome i love it why so charleston like why charleston like why does charleston need this right now Cause I, I look around, I'm trying to think about, and I'm wondering what restaurants, um, like there's not a huge Mexican cuisine representation here. No, I like think Charleston
1: as a whole is behind on this. That's why if people just it, I think they'll realize why it's so big in so many areas like Chicago, mm-hmm. California, Texas, like, I mean, all over the place, you know, New York. And, you know, the, I just think that this place, you know, people like what they like, you know, it's mm-hmm. hard to get people to leave their islands. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, I think it's up and coming. I mean, there's there's still, there are some restaurants that are similar to us, not very many. Yeah. There's a lot of Tex-Mex, yeah. you know, and there's nothing wrong with Tex-Mex. It's right. familiarity, it's just, it's just different, we're just yeah. different. It's not, we're not trying to be Tex-Mex, we don't claim to be Tex-Mex and, and it doesn't make us not Mexican, which right. is something, you know, we I hear a good amount of. And this is just a, a this is more, like a foundational cuisine than it is other evolutions of the cuisine.
0: You, you spoke a little bit about the masa mm-hmm. and the corn and the the land race corn varietals, which I, I find super fascinating. I'm a superfood nerd. Yeah, right. Like yep. my fiance and I started a farm because I needed to like learn more about how food gets to the table. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, my wife so, and I do the same thing. We don't have a yeah. farm, but my wife especially, we grow a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you learn so much doing that, right? Yep. So how does that information, right? Like that, you know, going down that rabbit hole on corn, masa, the history of that stuff, the, the processes and all that, which is all super specialized. How does that represent itself on the menu here? And how are you guys implementing that in your daily? Yeah, so you know, like I mean, how, how are people going to find that? And yeah, how, how are they going
1: to? It starts with for us, El Molino makes our corn tortillas and they're really great corn tortillas. Uh, we chose them for a good reason. We can't keep up. With making our tortillas at the rate we sell them here, mm-hmm. it's not feasible as far as prep. But we do do how many
0: tortillas you sell in a week? In a week, I mean, everything gets a tortilla mostly. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, except for some of the like, entrees, maybe.
1: Probably twenty five hundred to three thousand. Yeah, somewhere in there. Um, yeah, the entrees get them. We try to put the tortillas with everything. Because yeah. if you're eating the food right, even like the steak entree, you're shoveling onto a tortilla. Yeah. Um. The the tortillas, the corn ones are just amazing. They nixtamalize their corn too. Okay. Um, where where they are they located? Over in Sam Rittenberg okay. in West Ashley. And we use them heavily for the corn tortilla. Where we bring in the, our nixtamalized corn at the level we can produce it right now is through specials and mm-hmm. into some sauces. Uh, and then, um, you know, if yeah, basically specials right now, right? Yeah. So like, but we will build tamales, we've done sopes to, I mean, just it runs the gambit, like pupusas. Gorditas, like tacos, you know, it just it keeps going. I feel like the tamales is really where we where we shine a lot. Mm-hmm. But I mean, people have enjoyed everything we put out. It's just a matter of people because once you have that fresh corn, I mean, I remember the day I tried. We've the first corn here and it was a blue Conico, and we nixamalized that fresh corn. I'd never nixamalized my own corn before and we had never done this. Yeah. So and it's a flavor. you're like, yeah. you're
0: like, the whole We're, way, you're like, is this right? Yeah. It looks right, I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> like, I mean, like, yeah. we, we had, I had um,
1: done hominy before, you know, yeah, like, yeah. put it in lye, but we've mm-hmm. never, I've never done it at this level, like. Right. And so the flavor was just, it was out of this world, like, it just set us what,
0: what did you do with it? We made what tamales, we, yeah. we made tamales, and it's such a more do you have earthy the flavor. Do you have the Yeah, we hand grind. Okay. Um, we, we,
1: and, and so when you, when you soak the hominy in the lye... It, that's, that's crucial because it brings out the vitamins, the niacin and the B vitamins, what yeah. have you. And, like, so if you, even if you got the corn and you didn't nixtamalize it and you, you got it to where you could eat it, you don't get any yeah, nutritional zero, value. Yeah, but yeah. it's because
0: it's it's like buried within those within, layers. You gotta break that shell. Yeah. And,
1: like, and um, so just the, like, first of all, on that science level of the food was really cool to to explore and understand why we're even doing that. And then we get into the flavor once you've ground this this corn and like just the corn on its own, like how different all these heirloom, like the Hoko Yule that I really love is this pink corn. It has more of a sweet flavor, mm-hmm. Okay, not like, like a little sweet, but it's still very s- savory at the same time. Yeah. But like the blue Conoco that we started with, it's almost like mushrooms and like real savory, unctuous, yeah. like no sweet, no sour. Yeah, it's yeah. A very earthy. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of the coins that are like that. And then you take like the white Olatillo and it's just like this bright kind of corn flavor like mm-hmm. it's not sweet it's not sour it's not earthy it's just cool. corny yeah corny <laughs> that's very corny corny shit that's what <laughs> yeah, I like, yeah, that. that's, yeah. like sweet but uh yeah the the i mean it's just it's the the flavor and then you know when then we take our Carnitas fat. And that's crucial because the one thing that most people making tamales don't have is our fat because we use the fat, basically pork confit for the carnitas, full of orange, onions, clove, garlic, what have you. And our carnitas is amazing. You taste that little bit of orange, we crisp it up. Mm -hmm. And then we use that fat for a couple more things besides just recycling carnitas and using that fat. But we also use it to heat up the tortillas during service so every tortilla unless they're vegan or vegetarian has seen a little bit of that carnitas flavor on their tortilla because you yeah. need a little fat to loosen that tortilla up yep and then we use that fat to season our tamale dough mm-hmm. so like like when we make the, i'll whip it to like a white icing and okay. um and then we we build the masa dough with that pork fat and that's what really sets our tamales off as we just work that flavor in it's, it's
0: really good so are you guys making tamales every day is this like a or is this yes. like a heavy, it's a heavy prep item. It's a heavy prep item. We make pre- them
1: at least every other day. We figured out we can freeze them if we have events coming, you know, like this yeah. kind of thing, um, which makes it a lot more feasible because there's only so much tamales I can make by hand every day. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I mean, like we got Chef's teas coming up and we're going to do a tamale. We're going to do yeah. uh, a Yule corn and we're going to do um, amarillo beans from Mexico with our house-made chorizo. Um, And we're going to do our Red Hatch sauce with crema, like a Red Hatch crema on top. And it's going to showcase everything about this place. Yeah. You know, um, all heirloom variety, everything, like just amazing food. So cool. Um, When is it? What is chef's feast? It's the, I think, February 29th. Okay. It's like a Sunday at the end of February. It's a benefit I do every year for Feed the Need, Backpack Buddies, what have you. It's awesome. Great. And where
0: is that? Is that going to be here at the it, restaurant? It's at
1: the, no, it's up at the North Charleston uh, Performing Arts or the Coliseum, like in a big venue. Okay, cool. Like, usually it's like 26 chefs. I can't remember.
0: Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Um, and the tickets are available online for that if you yeah, want to yeah, go? Yeah, or... Or... they are. Absolutely. Okay.
1: It's a it, it's a great event, great fundraiser. It's, Yeah it's why we do it every year. Cool.
0: And that's, and that will be kind of kicking off leading up into the wine and food. Yeah. Usually it's right next to each other. Yeah. So are you, are you got some events going on for that? Yes. We always do wine and food. Um,
1: I love to try to get events here for wine and food. We'll probably try to make a push for that again. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, we generally always do opening night. Um, and then sometimes another event. Yeah. We'll line up a few. Gotcha. Uh, Yeah, absolutely.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the menu. Yeah. Um, obviously tamales, yeah. tamales are one of my favorite things but mm-hmm. you also mentioned the carnitas carnitas yeah. is something that is as, as what i always order because mm-hmm. it's brazy brazy meat yeah crispied yeah how do you guys do it do you guys I mean, do you guys fry do you guys crisp it in the fryer no 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 we do how it do on you, a flat top i wouldn't
1: yeah. i would never deep fry it the just yeah. seems kind of gross so like but we would <laughs> we would uh we would crisp it up on a flat top mm-hmm. the pork make it because proper carnitas should be crispy have a nice like the Maillard effect we kind of hit yeah. on like it should have a nice Maillard effect to that crispy pork um as far as the menu i mean it's it, it's a massive menu like everything from like we we got wings on there um which you know aren't fried wings like everybody else we do grilled wings we make mm-hmm. our own wajio ancho rub they're brined for 48 hours it comes with a grilled uh pineapple and habanero uh salsa and um and uh comes with a little crema on it and cilantro what have you yeah and uh and then like you know the crab our pulpo is real good the octopus mm-hmm. um it gets grilled real showcase like that octopus we have a lot of people who come in usually they're surprised by the texture because it's not chewy you know it's probably just exactly how you cook octopus. yeah, and, yeah it's
0: super super slow braised yeah. like
1: yeah, exactly. And like a uh,
0: and cared for yeah, and and pulled cared like for. at the right moment, you yeah. pull it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: It's, you know, you got to have the technique again, right. Yeah. For that, mm-hmm. um, the, probably one of the biggest namesakes or like w- one of the things we're most proud of is the salsa, uh, the salsa we maintain just in the salsa section, eight salsas at all time made from scratch in house. They're very labor intensive and they run the dynamic from, you know, our guacamole is very delicious. It's just a matter of, of flavor balance and it showcases avocados mm-hmm. where our avocado salsa is the opposite it's like the kitchen sink it's got habaneros and serranos and jalapenos oregano and cilantro garlic and onions and it's very bold it's full of flavor and that's something when people haven't ever had avocado salsa that's usually one of the big things that kind of like opens up their mind they're like wow this i didn't know this existed you know mm-hmm. and then you know we've got basic like salsa mexicana then we have guajillo salsas we have arbol salsas The marita salsa, a lot of people think of that almost like a barbecue sauce because of the smoked jalapenos, and then it gets this big lime kind of acid punch. As great as it is with chips, it's even better on food. Um, You know, the sauces at this place, we have so many, and they're hidden in places, too, between the salsas and the moles. There's just a, a ton of salt sauce making here. Yeah. I mean, we have a huge variety of tacos, and they're all made to order. And then we get into the entrees, and what's been... Even more successful than I thought it was would be be our birria. And the birria, like, we dip the tortillas in a sauce and Mm -hmm. we fry them with the cheese. It gets the the birria meat, the consomme, what have you. And, like, people just seem to love that dish. The tamales are a good showcase of our corn. Um, The rellenos are, are great. We don't fry our relleno, we cook it to order. You know, uh, we stuff it with carnitas mm-hmm. and then our lote dip, our corn dip that's been highly successful and some Oaxacan cheese and it gets the red hatch sauce and it's quite a flavor journey in, unto itself. Um, so yeah, everything, you know, it's just, it's a lot of from scratch, it's cooked to order. Everything's very fresh as it should be, so.
0: Let's talk about, I'm curious about the white man's approach to the chili <laughs> journey. <laughs> Cause I've gone down this road myself. Uh uh-huh. um, Like in in my kitchens and we don't, I mean, we don't really, we don't cook, um, Mexican cuisine really. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're modern American. So I, the beauty of that is I can do whatever I want, Mm
1: -hmm. you know, I can just,
0: I can just get inspired by something and and then, and then turn that into, um, a dish. Um, and a lot of times it's based on tradition, Mm -hmm. you know, loosely. And then, and then I just put my spin on stuff and play and Mm -hmm. and see what comes out Mm -hmm. a lot of times it goes in the trash but sometimes i get like some real winners of that that are new dishes right like creations that are really exciting sure but one one avenue that i've been down over the years is chilies Mm -hmm. chili peppers Mm -hmm. and man there are so many varieties with so many different flavor profiles and then combinations Mm -hmm. um i remember a dish that i did um i did at um our first restaurant in Charlotte back in the day, like early on, it might actually been on the opening menu, um, but it was a duck mole. And so it was a braised duck leg in a traditional mole. And it was a red mole. Mm -hmm. And just like dissecting that process for me was just like, it, it was a mind fuck. Right? Yeah. Like I was like, yeah. you know, there was like 50 ingredients. Like, I don't think I'd ever prepared yeah. a recipe with that many ingredients. Yeah. And I had like, it's it, daunting. It, yeah. And I had to like get my mise en place together. And yeah. it, like, it really kicked, you know, kickstarted or reinvigorated that, that, that idea of mise en place. Right. Yeah. Like you have to have all your shit together. Yeah. When you, like you can't and be, it's a lot. you can't be like, Oh, where's the, uh, where, where's the chilies? Like yeah. you have all your shit together and yeah. go because like it's time sensitive and everything has, um, everything has to go in layered yeah you know yeah and, you know, I, I mean learned, like, so, so much so we just take like we generally
1: make like the mole negro which it has uh 28 30 ingredients mm-hmm. i mean that that ingredient list runs the gambit it even includes like from shortbread cookies to to fried plantains and you know it's what people think of a lot of time with mole because it has the chocolate mm-hmm. and sugar you know four different nuts pepitas sesame seeds peanuts almonds the you know four different chiles mm-hmm. and those are those are burned hard like that was a, a crazy thing when we started realizing that you're supposed to burn the heck out of these chiles for some of these ingredients you know right. it's tough to watch that happen yeah you're <laughs> like, oh, it's, it's go- it's it's like it's going it's like it's literally over, it's on work. fucking fire <laughs> like i don't know what to yeah, do right yeah, now yeah, yeah. you know it's like but you know we, we get those chiles, but we we are very intentional when we build that mole we do everything in steps like you're saying but mm-hmm. we do it so much that we don't build it all at once. Like we'll yeah. fry the nuts with like the dried fruit, set that aside. We mm-hmm. burn the chiles, set that aside. Like, yeah, it's, it's a daunting task, but that's why that sauce is a celebration sauce. Like mm-hmm. that's why they don't make it that often. Right, yeah. And that's why like it's for Christmas and birthdays, you know, mm-hmm. and like, so, but not all moles are like that. Uh, we don't, we technically don't have enchiladas. We have inmoladas is okay. what we have. And we do a mole, but this is a Wahio mole. It's a lot more viscous. Um, it's thickened with masa um, okay. and, you know, it's not like any other thickener except for fresh corn dough. Yeah. OK, and it's it doesn't have chocolate. It doesn't mm-hmm. have nuts. Yep. Like it's still a mole. Yep. Um, uh, Yeah. Mole, the mole verde. It's it's more like the mole negro. Um, you know, it just it goes back to us studying the seven moles of Oaxaca and like realizing the diversity of the moles and yep. and the time and effort it takes for that. And because we're passionate about it, we make it. Do you know how many moles there are? Like, I'm sure it's thousands. Yeah. I mean, if you study it, it's the seven Oaxacan moles. But right. like we've. But there's I mean, e- like each. our red our red hatch sauce is technically a mole. OK. okay? And we don't call it that. Right. It's just red hatch sauce yeah. salsa. Um, but it would be a mole. You know, I mean, like, basically, there's just it's just too many um, options to not have. Right. Like the amount of chiles, the amount of ingredients. Leaves too many variables, not to just have a thousands of them. How many
0: how many chiles are on your on your dry your your dry rack back there like, right now? Yeah, um, five,
1: six, seven, eight, <laughs> eleven. Yeah, yeah, we eleven, eleven different, eleven different dried. Yeah. and then we, we usually we maintain five different fresh chiles, um, and then we bring in specialties. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that's crazy. So okay, I gotta ask you this yeah. <laughs> as you as you were talking about moles, I was thinking to myself, I was like, I wonder, I wonder how he feels about people and spice level. Do you get people like? Do you guys do spice level? Uh, I, somewhat. So, like, I, we try <laughs> like, to tell people when
1: it's spicy, right? And and the staff, it's a constant training with the front of the house staff, like the. Right. But I mean, we do like even like the basic stuff. I'm sure you stuff. have to
0: train train the guests too. Yeah, I mean, it people- is, well,
1: we, we here we rely heavily on the front of the house to help steer the the direction of the customer yeah. and educate the customer. Yeah. Because otherwise, a lot of people would come in here, get a chicken taco in our queso, and go what. What's the like a difference? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah. You know, and like, it, that's, the we're trying to get people to explore the amount of flavors. Yeah, there is some spicy stuff on here. We don't make anything so crazy spicy. We're not using Reapers or yeah. Ghost Chiles. I don't believe in making things so damn hot. You can't, you lose well, your palate. Yeah, you know, and like-
0: they don't use that stuff in Mexico anyways. No, yeah, they, they don't. Right? The, like, like habaneros get, is like- I get
1: bo- Well, I get both it- ends of the extreme because I get people who come in here and they're like, that's the hottest you got? And I'm like, yes. Yeah, that is because you're saga. supposed to taste it. Yeah. It's supposed to be to, enjoyable. Yeah. It's, supposed it's, to be enjoyable. Not, it's not a test. But Yeah. There's <laughs> the other extreme, the other end of that where, you know, there's some people that can't take any spice. And when I when I say spice and like people say spicy mm-hmm. here, it doesn't necessarily mean heat. Right. Like and I think you probably have dealt with this, like the when you say like, yeah, it's got it's got spices or it's spicy. Yeah. You don't necessarily
0: mean, hey, it's going to rip Pecanti. your face off.
1: Yeah. It yeah. could be very mild. but i got a lot of seasoning in
0: it you know like a lot of my chefs didn't know what picante was really yeah like i have chefs that come through my kitchen that are applying for like cdc positions and 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 we start talking and i'll and part of my interview process is i I talk about food yeah i just want to see where their head's at yeah what inspires them what Mm -hmm. and and you know i always talk about picante because i'm all about like a rounded flavor profile yeah and they're and they look at me like i'm fucking crazy they're like what do you mean picante like i didn't like yeah. like spice like yeah. like tingle like heat yeah and they're like oh, I didn't realize that was a flavor I'm like well oh, well it's a, it's a it's not a flavor it's a the feeling. Ex- feeling it's, it's an, an experience. experience yeah yeah
1: absolutely I mean we I think like I think with l- what you're getting at too like when I train younger cooks and we talk about taste and flavor salt sour bitter mm-hmm. sweet umami yep. and like the the whole theory like in what we perform here like balancing flavor it it, it does involve what you're talking about picante it, it also like just usually the I think you may or may not agree with me. Usually salt is the first battle. Once they kind of get salt, for me, it's acid. Yeah. Like acid is the one thing that most people don't think to and it like opens the dish right up. Yeah. Like, you know, like all of a sudden you're tasting mm-hmm. a lot more of everything. And uh, that's for most of the cooks I train, that's where the, the wall is, is right. the acid. Like trying right.
0: to get them to be, get comfortable with putting an acid sure. like into a dish. Yeah, I think, I think like in, in fat, right? Like, like fat is another, it's not a flavor. Mm-mm. but it's an experience it's yeah. like picante right yeah. it's like it's not a it's not a it's not a flavor on your tongue it's an experience that you have when you yeah. eat on your palate and um and and people don't think about that yeah right they, they think, about, we salt. Do. We do. They do think about salt we do we think about salt and pepper yeah. and i'm like yeah but what about what about the acid yeah what about them. yeah and like the fat
1: avocado is a big role for us mm-hmm. in this cuisine yeah. with fat and not just pork fat itself but we have yeah. we have multiple fat institutions into the food what's your favorite fat our carnitas fat yeah. The pork, the <laughs> yeah pork fat oh my god yeah. Pork yeah. Fat. it's just it's just amazing so
0: i call that bob ross okay. in my kitchen so yeah. all of my chefs know bob ross yeah and and the re- it came about from um the the signature steak that we did uh-huh. was like the steak that was cooked on one side okay. cut to order and then we cooked it on one side so it was like every experience of a steak from the hard the maillard yeah. crust mm-hmm. to like the raw side yeah. right in one bite and we would take the fat from the dry age strips and then we would render that with yeah. aromatics and stuff oh, yeah. and brush every yeah, steak. You did with a tallow grill. Yeah. And so it became so it became Bob Ross because we had happy little steaks, like every <laughs> steak. <laughs> every steaks. steak, yeah. People and I that's had that, brilliant. and it was always in my station. So yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Everybody's got our bar Bob Ross is definitely Carnitas fat yeah. and we use the heck out of it. Yeah. And it's on every station. Yeah. Um, Have you found a way to work it into a cocktail yet? no you probably should <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs> no, no, no. i mean we've tried some savory <laughs> yeah. cocktails i've tried we've made like marita salsa we took injected marita salsa I mean, you know we've tried some savory cocktails for sure um my favorite thing here honestly is the sotol I don't okay know, have you ever had sotol no sotol is amazing it like tequila is all you know blue agave right mezcal's agaves from all over you know yep. only jalisco agave for uh-huh. tequila right but Sotol is made from a bush and when they distill it, it gets distilled over uh, rattlesnake, the one that we have. We have, I think the whole state's allotment. Um, it's an amazing, it's got a little bit of smoke and a little bit of spicy like Mezcal, but it's not nearly as like spicy and like in your face like Mezcal. Right. And so for me, like I would love to do something with the Sotol, Yeah. at least like a pairing. That's, mm-hmm. that's where we wanna go with it, so. You know. Cool.
0: Awesome. All right. So, um, so we talked about, oh, chilies. What's your favorite? What is your favorite chilies? Like depends on the day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Changes it. I mean, I, I love the red. I love them all. Like they all have different characteristics, like the anchos. Okay.
0: Fresh or dry. What if you, what's your preference? Fresh or dry, dry. Okay.
1: For what I can get, like for what I can get, I have a lot more, um, there's a lot more flavor dynamic in the dry chilies, like than than fresh, but the dry is like, I mean, they run the gambit it depends on what i'm going for am i going for sweet i'm looking at, like an ancho you know because they they taste like fruit So sort the of red hatch it's like dried fruit like a raisiny like a raisin fruit. Mm-hmm. fruit and like then you got the spicy of the moritas. if i'm bringing some smoke i want moritas, mm-hmm. you know um the wahios i mean they just, everybody has a different little story to tell yeah as far as the chile and how they come together with their stories to make a book is like yeah really Really cool, so I mean it depends on where I'm going with it I wouldn't say I don't have one Chile that I just keep going to Wajio seems to be like the most predominant when you look in like into history and and recipes and stuff mm-hmm. you know but we try to not just we we bring a lot more than that yeah here so. when,
0: when you're when you are developing a recipe or you know playing around with a combination, what is that process like, and how do you feel your understanding your kind of expertise with this kind of cooking is now for instance if you were to ask me hey chef you know on a scale of one to ten how's your cooking when it comes to fish i'd say an 11. yeah right okay like i spent a lot of time i worked at aqua in san francisco like i've studied cooking fish yeah and i'm a badass at it yeah (laughs) right yeah but i I haven't always been like i burned a lot of fish yeah you know yeah. and and I overcooked a lot of fish. Um, I undercooked a lot of fish too. Um, but so I'm wondering because you know there's so much to learn about this cuisine mm-hmm. and how long have you been how long have you been really in it? Uh almost 4 years. Okay. Yeah. So fairly new to yeah. this to this type of cooking. Oh, yeah. I'd say I'm still new. Yeah. yeah. So I'm curious where you feel like you're at as far as understanding it. I feel um, like the i'll speak for myself and for my sous chef that we have a phenomenal
1: foundation of this food there's mm-hmm. still a lot to learn yeah. and to have fun with that's what keeps us going mm-hmm. but like where we were three and a half years ago yeah. compared to right now phenomenal like yeah. like we have really embraced it we've learned so much i could walk into a lot of places and just bang out some amazing mexican food without even thinking about it mm-hmm. and the our masa technique is just i would say we're 11 out of 10 with our masa technique like yeah. you are with fish like we just yeah. we are nailing it we fucking yeah. nail it and we because we just we're so hands-on like mm-hmm. like we know the right consistency now like mm-hmm. and it's very finite i mean it's not something you can learn by reading you get like most of this you yeah. know you got you can't do just it.
0: read you can't read a recipe and then no. do it like, you have like, to like,
1: like you have to do it over and over yeah, again and, and get it yeah and like with that masa book yeah i mean it's a huge reference for us right now but it doesn't tell us everything at all like like it's us like hands deep in that food Mm -hmm. like that that really and and yeah i feel confident as hell right now like we are putting out a phenomenal fucking product i'll put us up against anybody yeah like i mean without sounding cocky because we we have worked our butts off to get to this point Mm -hmm. like i mean it has not come without especially for myself and you know my partners and my sous chef like blood sweat and tears for real like it's It has literally been, especially with the pandemic, like what the pandemic did to us. And like, because the first three months before we, before the pandemic hit, we were gangbusters here. Like we were, we were on a wait all all the time. And really, we just took off and like, but you know, is, is the pandemic just kept trying to beat, beat us down, beat me down, beat Jonathan down. You know, like, like the more we just I don't know like especially for me like I just dug my nails in deeper and said we're gonna do this and we're gonna do it the way I want to do it like yeah. and really do it the right way and like if it doesn't make it it doesn't make it at least I think like at least Jonathan and Jay and I could could go to sleep knowing we gave it everything mm-hmm. and we did and that's why we're here now nice like, crushing it like Good. you know so yeah
0: so crushing it I mean so be a, what's next? you got some new you got some new things happening. Yeah, we definitely have a food truck yeah. <laughs> as okay. of a few weeks ago. And Sweet. we're excited about that. Has it been on the road yet? No, it's getting
1: wrapped right now. Okay. Um the trailer's getting wrapped and then we're hitting the road. Like, you know, it'll be Alpass store
0: for the masses. Um, what is it? What but, does that process look like here in Charleston? I know I looked at doing that a food truck situation yeah. in Charlotte and there was like so many it was I mean, such it's a gonna, pain in the ass, that yeah. I, was like, I was like, you know what, fuck well, this, I'm well, not doing one it. One
1: thing we have that is usually a pain in the ass for most people with food trucks is I have a DHEC certified kitchen, with, uh-huh. you know, grade A, 100%. Like, and so that's a huge thing right there, because a lot of people with food trucks are struggling for a kitchen, they need a yeah. DHEC certified kitchen. And then, you know, we've got connections, we have good rapport all around Charleston, especially through the kitchens yep. and the breweries. What have you? And, and honestly, I want to set the food truck out up out here a couple of days a week and use our patio and just do lunch. Do like a, out like of a of the street food truck. party thing. Yeah, and we just but yeah. we just do lunch service a couple days a week. Like yeah. we figure out just do it because we got the truck, we use it. We don't have to open the whole restaurant and like because we've never seen a big lunch push here. Not yeah. enough to really open the restaurant even when we've done it. And but a food truck makes it a lot more feasible now. Yeah, and maybe we can build a better lunch clientele. Um, nice. But yeah. It, that's going to be a big thing. And we're constantly looking for another location. And do you have, do you have the
0: menu set up already? I mean, I I imagine you have the menu set for the Yeah, I've got the menu. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, mean, what can people people expect?
1: I, what people can expect is some of the best tacos they've ever had. It'll be, you know, it's, it's the goal right now is definitely, we got spits on it. So it's going to be Al Pastor. It's going to be most likely lamb barbacoa because we crush it with lamb barbacoa. It's, it's an amazing, uh, taco and um and then from there it's kind of we're going to rotate in some stuff but i really want to do you know lengua um and stuff that people want that like they'll be like yeah we do want to show up to the taco truck for yeah. it yeah yeah it would generally be like is this. it going to be
0: all tacos you can do anything yes. else uh all? i mean we'll do you know we'll do like some saltas. feature stuff yeah and maybe some feet we'll
1: just see where it goes man yeah. honestly like see i don't want to want i don't want to like i feel like when you try to put too many I don't know, like constraints on something like that. I find like, we're just setting ourselves up for failure. Let's put our best foot out there have a good game plan, but be mobile, be, be very flexible. So like, you know, maybe it's tamales end up going on there at some point, you know, if people want them and like, (laughs) we yeah. put them out we can st- we you'll want to you'll want to cut
0: your hands off after, yeah, if you do most that likely because yeah, people will track down the tamale truck yeah. and
1: you'll be like what am i doing yeah i mean <laughs> we've had i've had that instance i mean yeah. I, I mean i've definitely i've done events where i'm making like the chef's feast i'm gonna be making 450 to 500 tamales how know? long is
0: that going to take you to do i imagine you're pretty good at making tamales like yeah
1: that. and for this, i mean i imagine like all in it'll probably all together it'll probably take me like 24 hours yeah Twenty-four to thirty-six hours, something like yeah, that, worth the work lot. I imagine. That's <laughs> a, a, a lot. of a yeah, lot. It is. It's a lot. But you know, <laughs> but they're. I love it. Yeah, and people, and people are going to love dude, it, dude. I want people to experience it, and like, yeah. hopefully, if I just get a few people to experience what that is, it's worth it. Yeah. like, and hopefully, they come to the restaurant and enjoy it. Like,
0: yeah. So, what is what is the thing about this food that you want to touch people the most? Like. If they if they come in here and and have a meal, what do you, what do you what experience do you want to happen to them? Like what I do you want share?
1: them to try flavors and fall in love with the cuisine that they've never had before? Yeah. Or I want people that because I have a good following of people that know this cuisine mm-hmm. and they come in here because they appreciate what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Either one of those experiences is what I'm going for. Yeah. Either you know this cuisine, like you have a good idea of what we're trying to do here, and you fall in love with it, and you're like, yeah, they're doing it right. And I get a lot of those comments. Or you are used to maybe Tex-Mex or other styles of Mexican cuisine and not necessarily the foundations, you come in here and you realize, man, there's a lot more to this than I thought. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more than just fajitas. Yeah. And like, right. you know, hey, like quesadillas, quesadillas. And, and, and refried beans. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like there's a lot more than that. Sure. And, and I'm not saying anything's well, wrong with it. Just so everybody's no, clear the, because there's nothing wrong with the rest of it. There's nothing
0: wrong with the quesadilla. Just, I love them. Yeah. But, but like Vagitas. that's, but, but those are your options, right? It's yeah. like, and, and I think that's, I don't think it's a, for a lack of people being experimental or or loving it. I, I just don't think they've ever had the option to, to, exactly. to have it. The yes. Re- yes. To but, have authentic. But the
1: only thing that I would say with is a little disheartening is, well, two things. One, because I'm a white American, I can't cook Mexican. And mm-hmm. two is, and we've heard this comment a few times, they don't give out free chips and salsa when you walk in and ain't Mexican. Mm. And it's like, that's not what makes Mexican food. Like, um, I don't know many restaurants that you walk into and they give you free stuff just right off the rip. Right. And that works for the Tex-Mex restaurants. But they're also, you know, I'm not saying all of them are doing this, but a lot of them are pouring salsa out of like a a jug. Okay. Here, you're going to come here and you're going to get, you're going to get salsas from scratch with raw ingredients Mm -hmm. and either cooked or raw and like, there is a process to that, and there's labor, and if everybody wants to get behind livable wages yep. and people li- making a living, and for us to be a restaurant that profits, like these kinds of things, if you want that fresh salsa, yep, I- I'm not. We don't give it away, yep, right. So I-
0: I'm glad you went down that road because I think that that is that's an important thing that consumers, guests, um, foodies need to get behind. Yeah, they need to fucking speak with their wallets. And they ought to support the places that are doing it right, or the food that they like. Yeah, you know, I think the giveaway thing is—is is, you know, we 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 restaurant tours, restaurant people have been doing that for a long time. Yeah, um, and, absolutely. And 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 it's we're in a position now where the cost of of goods is so high that it's really hard to give anything it's not away.
1: A, for me too, it's not even that it's just high. It is so damn volatile. Like, one yeah. week, it's like $80 avocados. The next week, it's $50 avocados. And the next week, it's $120 avocados. And like, right. So, like, we have to put market price on the menu. But it's, right. you know, like, even the dry goods from to-go boxes. I yeah. mean, right now, the eggs are, are through to- the roof. Yeah. You know, limes are starting to do their thing where we're paying $70 a case for limes. Everybody wants limes with their tacos. I got to pay for that. Like, yeah. limes on the plate. I don't charge you for limes. But, yeah, yeah you know,
0: like... Like all of that we stuff. We gotta grow some lime trees. <laughs> we gotta talk to your wife. Be like, hey, yeah. we gotta get we some gotta trees. Get some out. trees going. <laughs> Little orchard. Right? Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. I, I, you know, some of the some of the restaurants where you get free chips and salsa, or say you go there and you get bread and and olive oil. Mm-hmm. You're either paying a premium for that like say a really high-end five-star restaurant where you're getting like a really amazing bread or you're getting a real shitty product yeah because they're not giving you the stuff the free stuff right and it's gonna be worth a damn otherwise like it's you're paying for it one way or another
0: yeah they're either building it into their cost of their entrees or whatever or whatever or they're just not giving you good product like the chips and salsa or like really not great bread with like some margarine yeah the chips are getting like ripped out of a out of a out of a bag, and yeah, it. just emptied in, yeah, that kind of
1: thing, you know. So like, th- there's just it's for us, yep. it's a matter of quality, and that right. and with that quality comes a cost.
0: But that quality is what Mexican cuisine was built on. Exactly, it wasn't built on quantity. fucking salsa from a yeah. from a thing. And it wasn't it was built like, on fucking quantity. Yeah, it either. was it was built over like stone mo- stone mortars. Yeah, people grinding shit by hand. Yeah, Brit, uh, stone
1: rolling pins over big stone like like uh, right blocks to yeah. hand grind mole seeds and like mixing in chocolate with like stone like it was and it was never a matter of quantity you got me like quality. super hungry now yeah well i, I, I hate to sometimes. say it
0: i'm embarrassed to say it. we have we haven't been here yet we're yeah, trying shame
1: this podcast's over
0: yeah <laughs> well, we're, gonna, we're, we're, we're gonna come tonight we're gonna awesome. come tonight yeah. and check it out yeah. um but um so w- where's your favorite mexican cuisine where do you go for Mexican cuisine? If I don't really go anywhere for Mexican cuisine. Where's the best uh, you've had? I'm sure you've in, had In it Charleston? No. Just, oh, just in, in general? In general, in the world.
1: Oh, man, it, honestly, like, the best I've had is in California. We were in San Diego. <laughs> mm-hmm. And honestly, there was so many restaurants. I remember hardly any of the names of them. Yeah. But, like, the diversity. Like, even there was even a taco spot that was really cool. They would... They would take chihuahua cheese and cook it flat, straight on a flat top, and mm-hmm. caramelize it up, and it would all become yeah. like a big cheese disc. Yeah. And they topped every taco with this cheese on did top. They, it was did they really crumble cool. It or no, was it, they, it was, like, it was a, like a, it was like a patty, like okay. an oval patty yeah, on top yeah. of every taco they served. Like the diversity in salsa is just—they had just one person
0: back there fucking prepping those things. Oh yeah, not. Yeah. I mean, walking
1: through like the old town of San Diego and seeing Mexican restaurants where there's like a team of three women, yeah, standing around a big yeah, tamal. Hand doing, yeah, they would stand around a tamal and just hand like just yeah. constantly cooking. That's how you get to do tortillas Tamal's for your restaurant. The big
0: is the big, yeah. flat, mm-hmm. the yeah, big round, yeah, big usually big round, yeah,
1: and um and uh yeah, it just, I just I don't know, like it was. The whole experience of San Diego, and it's so immersed into Mexican culture in so many areas. Mm-hmm. And the food it was amazing. I mean, another place that I love, honestly, is up in Asheville, this place called Salsa's. But it involves Caribbean-Mexican. Okay. But, do they kill it. Yeah. Yeah, there's always a line. And I recommend that restaurant every time I go up there or okay. tell tell people. They do mocahetes, and they do them amazingly. Last okay. time we were up there, we had a lamb mocahete that was m- very memorable. Nice. Like, yeah, it's absolutely delicious. Around here, though, I mean... We don't really get out as much as we'd like to, but you know,
0: yeah. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't anyways if you were yeah. going out for Mexican, would no, you? No, I no.
1: Mean, you'd come here. Yeah, I eat here all the time. Do you? Here, yeah. do, do
0: you come here to eat as a guest, no. like sit at a table with your wife and have dinner? No, if and I have them cook for you.
1: No, but my family eats in here, and I mean the extended family, like a yeah. lot of family. They eat here at least once a week, like yeah. you know. And uh, I'm, I'm constantly eating the food in the back. I've never come in here as a guest yeah. and like sat down. I, the little bit that I get to get away, I'll yeah. enjoy that. Yeah, <laughs> you, try, you try to get away. <laughs> yeah. nice. So, where do you go? What, what, what
0: if, if you were to eat out, where would you go?
1: Man, honestly, where I, I'm dying to go right now is Brasserie LeBanc because mm-hmm. that takes me back to like what I used to love to cook, and I really want to, I'd love to have a cassoulet right about now. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, other than that like i was born in germany and like i've been reading about this nick's german kitchen over in mount pleasant yes. and his food looks
0: good and the menu reads really well and it is the, good i want to go try that my partners dad. know those guys okay um they know them personally and um and the food is very good it looks amazing yeah. i really i, I can
1: kind of relate to whoever, like legit, whoever the chef and it's is like there. legit yeah and like i enjoy legit I, yeah like, being born in germany and yeah. i have a passion for german food too but he when I look at his food and I look at that menu, it reminds me a lot of here. Mm-hmm. Like trying to take a yep. cuisine that most people don't understand yep. and bring him a really quality product. And then the plate ups look very nice, like yeah. really nice. So, I mean, yeah, I I, I saw like, a, when I immediately saw his food, I thought of here. Yeah. Like,
0: have you tried, have you tried Maison yet? No. I'm.
1: Uh, Willie loves gonna hate me for that. I still have not made it there, and I know yeah. the owner, and I know Vandy, yeah. and like I've seen their product, and it looks phenomenal. You got to check it out. Yeah, I, I, so I would. It's
0: definitely that. Yeah, I have a brasserie. <laughs> yeah, in Charlotte, and yeah. I came up in French restaurants. Like yeah. that is my jam, mm-hmm. and um, and Vandy's killing it over there. I yeah. mean, it's, it's I see his food.
1: His food is amazing. It, it looks amazing.
0: It's incredible. Yeah, it's really good, and he, he He's just extremely talented. Their their technique is so on point. Yep. Um. So I would recommend. yeah absolutely check it out check it out man you guys will have a blast yeah i'm curious what is there a region in mexico Mm -hmm. because you 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 guys uh you cook from a lot of different regions Mm -hmm. around is there a region that sticks out to you as being like one that really resonates with you or are you just kind of enamored Uh, with the whole thing definitely the two that stand out the most that you probably see the most on the
1: menu is jalisco and oaxaca okay um Oaxaca with the moles and a lot of technique. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot of people consider Oaxaca the culinary capital. Mm-hmm. Jalisco, our, our namesake, is obviously well-represented. Like, birria tacos. Uh, re- during restaurant week this past week, I was doing carne and sujugo. Um Really great dish. You know, all the tequilas made in Jalisco. We do pozole's, um, you know, the the dish there's a lot of jalisco on the menu Mm -hmm. and it's funny because when you study that food because all the tequila comes from jalisco all the food generally when you read about them it starts off as this is usually hangover cure. Like, like everything is a hangover cure. It's (laughs) it's, it's amazing, yeah, (laughs) it's hilarious. But, but, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, those two definitely, I mean, there's other regions, like little things we pick up, Canasta taco, like we've tried to do tacos de la Canasta, basket. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Puebla is big for that. Um, The Al is of Mexico City, like the big restaurants that do the big Al Pastor um such an amazing like how they do it is really intriguing but I would say uh, Jalisco and Oaxaca those are probably the, are two, the, that the would, two I mean Yucatan's the an easy answer but it's it, we we you would definitely find Yucatan on us but we would we much prefer Oaxaca and Jalisco like those regions yeah
0: yeah cool mm-hmm. awesome man well listen um this has been an awesome conversation is there yeah. anything else you want to cover that I haven't touched on
1: just that my my 49ers won last night did they congratulations yeah. Yeah. so was,
0: uh, so we are huge was big. So we are Panthers fans. So we're McCaffrey fans. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And so you're welcome. Yeah. And good Uh, for him. We're super proud that he's in the playoffs. And and we all,
1: as a Niners nation, we all say thank you. Yeah. You're welcome to come join the (laughs) McCaffrey train. Yeah. In San Fran. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Mm -hmm.
0: That's awesome. Well, the funny funny story is, um, so my first externship was at Aqua in San Francisco with Michael Mm -hmm. Mina, Mm -hmm. and um, I worked with for Michael for a year there, and he used to call me Rodman. He is a huge sports fan. Okay. Okay. Um. You know, and so Rodman was my nickname. Okay, and he's he. I think he actually has. Um, he does some food at, at the stadium. Oh, really? He does like he does Joaquin like does? yeah. Huh. He's got. I don't. I don't know what it is, but he does like huge. I see him on his Instagram all the time doing like yeah. every home. Like he's fanatical. Okay. About so I know he's probably burned his house down or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With the yeah. no, he has Oh so, my god, it was yeah. so stressful too. It uh, was, was extremely it? stressful. We, we ended up turning it off in the um the second quarter because we were like, okay, I can't. Yeah. He's not our guy anymore. Yeah. I can't sit here and watch the
1: Niners just. I don't know. We, we my sous chef's an Eagles fan. We got. We yeah. don't know what we're gonna do on Sunday. Oh so, God! Yeah. yeah. And I'm. Are you guys open on Sundays? Yeah. My oh, sous shit. chef usually works. Obviously, he's not working this Sunday oh, anymore. So. What's gonna happen? <laughs> oh we'll figure it out. I mean, I'll get my sous chef off before I will. I'll, I'll, I'll work his chef if yeah. he takes it. It's fine. You'll be
0: standing right out here watching. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <laughs> no, you'll no. work the station right over there so he yeah. can watch. Yeah. Right. <laughs>
1: Taco stations closed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no tacos <laughs> no tonight. Tacos.
0: For the next three hours, three there's hours, no tacos. Unless yeah. like, all <laughs> yeah. the game goes. Yeah, 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 yeah right. Free tacos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or it
1: could be really angry tacos in a shorter amount of time. Like,
0: That's um, awesome. Well, good yeah. luck in the playoffs. Yeah, I hope thanks. you guys get to
1: the Super Me Bowl. Too. Me yeah. too. Awesome. We're, good conversation. Yeah, great conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Ooh.